Welcome to the Tom the Trainer Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Wooland. This podcast is for frustrated men and women who think they've tried everything to lose body fat and aren't willing to give up on their fitness goals. I'm going to give you clear, actionable steps to cut through all the bullshit in the industry, focus on what actually works, and dominate every aspect of your life. Now let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is a replay from one of the first Q&A trainings done in my free Facebook community, Tom the Trainer's Tribe. We cover topics including how long you should train for, the effects of alcohol on your goals, cardio timing, warming up, the specific exercise execution of bird dogs and dead bugs, as well as training for bigger arms, rep ranges for building muscle, dealing with stress eating, rotator cuff injuries, and progressing with weight and other options. So there's tons of value in the training, some really great questions that were asked. And if you want to join Tom the Trainer's Tribe, check out the description of this podcast for the link to join, as well as the description of this episode. It's the number one free space in the industry for men and women who feel like they've tried everything already, but aren't willing to give up on their fitness goals and want to dominate all aspects of their life. Now enjoy the show. Today, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm doing a Q&A that was announced in Tom the Trainer's Tribe yesterday. And what we're going to do is uh, take questions from the members of the group and we're going to answer the questions in a live training here today. These trainings will not be on all the platforms moving forward. Right now, I've got this all over um, Instagram, Facebook personal page, you name it. It's everywhere. Moving forward, these are only going to be in the tribe. So if you're not in the tribe, pardon my French, get your ass into on the trainer's tribe, okay? So we're going to get into some questions here. And... If you are on my Instagram and you have some questions, some fitness questions that you want answered, ask them in the chat and I'll get to them as best as I can. Okay. So just going to the page. The other thing I want to just mention to everybody is we did a win post in Tom, the trainer's tribe this morning. There are 39 comments and everybody in the tribe is kicking ass. I want you to think about this statement. A rising tide lifts all ships. Come be part of a rising tide in Tom the Trainer's tribe. Everybody in there is kicking ass. And it's because we surround ourselves with kick-ass people, right? If you have some questions, drop them in the chat. Okay, so getting into this uh, question that I have from Tracy is how long is too long of a workout and how little is too little? So this is a, a phenomenal question. I think what I can start off with first would be how long is too long of a workout? Um, I would personally say that depending on how training you're, how hard you're training, I probably would never exceed an hour and a half workout. Like everything in fitness is great. It's never black and white. Okay. But you can train hard or you can train long, but you cannot do both. So I'm a big believer in training with intensity for like 45 minutes to an hour and no more than that personally. Okay. Because the intensity is there. You can only recover from so much training stimulus. And at some point in time, the volume 
which is like the pounds lifted per training session turns into junk volume and you actually are either doing more muscular damage than your body can actually heal from or you're just wasting your time and we all got busy lives so why waste our time right and as far as uh, Tracy for the how little is too little I don't think there is such thing as too little activity right uh you know if you've been part of my challenges and things like that like 10 minute walks it's not even a workout but just 10 minutes of activity uh is better than nothing there's no such thing as a bad workout um don't do too much if you can't recover from your workouts like if you do a leg day and you can't and it's on like a thursday and you can't recover like next thursday you got to train legs again and you're not recovered from it, then you did too much, right? So I would say keep your workouts fairly short and intense. And the more often you train, the shorter those workouts technically should be. So for example, I have a program. I have very few programs for clients that are six day per week training program. My favorite program, Anabolic Anatomy, is six days per week. Everybody that runs it loves it. The workouts are short. They're like 35, 40-ish minutes because the training frequency is high. So the more often you train, the less you should do per training session to recover. Okay? So let's say around an hour should be plenty. Okay? And also like an indicator for this, if you're doing your workout and you feel like you are massively losing gas after 45 minutes or so and you feel like there's no intensity that you're able to bring to that workout then that's probably a good sign that you're done right everybody uh find that useful so far just comment useful in the chat for me if you found this to be useful if you found that question to be useful okay also if you're not part of the tribe go join the tribe I apologize I didn't put it in the descriptions here, but go join the tribe. I'm actually going to maybe go put it in the comments right now if I can. Go join the tribe in my bio on Instagram, uh, next to my cover photo on Facebook, in my bio on YouTube. Okay. So the next question that I have, should alcohol be excluded completely when trying to get in shape and lose weight. This is from David. Does it hinder muscle growth? And what are your observations in people that train and drink? Honestly, this is a phenomenal question. I absolutely love this question. Alcohol has many, many negative effects on the factors that dictate success when it comes to your fitness goals. Okay. I, I did a training about this recently and I talk about this often when it comes to managing your diet. So here's a few things to consider. Okay. So, uh, alcohol or empty calories that are just extra, extra calories. So when it comes to losing body fat, they're not going to do you any good. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to building muscle, 
there is indications that um, there is indications that your ability to synthesize protein. So take the energy that you consume through food, synthesize that protein energy into new muscle mass. I have heard of research stating that alcohol can limit your body's ability to do that for 72 hours. I don't know about you. 72 hours, in my opinion, is a long time to waste. Okay. Right. I work my ass off in the gym. So why would I, why would I, I wouldn't, I don't drink often because of that. Like to me, it's just not worth it. Right. Does that make sense? So for 72 hours, it affects your ability to lay down muscle. Also, um, sleep apnea. Alcohol has been shown to increase the likelihood of sleep apnea by, I believe, 80%. Okay. Sleep apnea is like going to war with your throat every night in your sleep. It's suffocating in your sleep, gasping for air. If you are overweight, you probably suffer from sleep apnea already. Um, and alcohol, one, one drink of alcohol can improve the increase, pardon me, the likelihood of sleep apnea by 80%. One drink. Okay. So if you are overweight, you probably already have it and it's going to make it worse. If you're not overweight, but you're fairly muscular, you could already have it, but make it worse. Like when I get up above 200 pounds, I don't like getting above 200 pounds. I literally just like go to war with myself every single night. I've woken up in the middle of the night gasping for air when I bulked up to 200 plus pounds. And I like woke up and I asked Alyssa the next morning. I was like, you didn't happen to try to choke me out in your sleep last night. Like, did you cover my mouth and nose? Right. <laughs> Might've been drinking that night. And I was, and I was heavy. So not a big fan of alcohol for those reasons. I believe everything in moderation, mind you. Um, but then also like when it comes to sleeping and your quality of sleep, when trying to build muscle, your body doesn't go into REM sleep for 72 hours, which is probably why it affects your ability to synthesize protein to new muscle for 72 hours. It doesn't go into REM sleep, that deep recovery sleep for 72 hours after one drink of alcohol. So it helps you get to sleep, but it affects your quality of sleep. You want to grow muscle, you need to sleep well, right? You want to lose body fat, you need to sleep well. So I believe everything in moderation. I personally drink like a few times per year. And when I do, I probably make up for the times I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I don't believe in drinking overly often if you're truly committed to your fitness goals. And I believe you can be committed to things um, or you can be interested in them. And I am committed to my fitness goals. So for that reason, I rarely drink, okay? If you found that helpful, sit down with booze in the chat or something. I don't know. I'm coming up with this as I go, okay? If you found that helpful, just say found it helpful as well, okay?
next comment here. I had a client yesterday ask me about the purpose of bird dogs and dead bugs. A bird dog is when you're on all fours and you're elevating your opposite legs and arms. And the purpose of that exercise done properly is to limit extension in your back when you like arch your back and you look like a car wash calendar chick. You see me on Instagram, but you can get the idea on Facebook. That's extension of the back. Uh, and the other purpose of a bird dog is to limit spinal rotation as the opposite levers create this rotational demand on your spine. Often people do bird dogs and I've seen trainers doing bird dogs and I've seen trainers getting their clients to do bird dogs and they probably just don't know, unfortunately, where they do this like excessive arching and there's all this movement and it's all done quickly with speed. Those are exercises to resist movement of your spine. Do them slow, do them controlled. And if you do them slow and controlled, they will kick your butt. Uh, and then dead bugs strengthen your core. Um, and they will also, um, they're also an anti-extension exercise. You want to keep your low back flat in a dead bug on the floor. You want to keep your low back flat. You want to keep your whole back flat in a dead bug on the floor. And dead bugs are when you're lying on your back and you're kicking arms and legs, opposite arms and legs away from each other. Commonly what I see done here is people kick their straight legs out and their heels almost touch the floor. If you've done a dead bug like this, comment, ow, my back in the chat. Because it literally takes your spine and wrenches on it. So in my opinion, dead bugs should be done with feet held as high as possible while you don't feel that wrenching on your spine, that extension on your spine. And then over time, as you get stronger, you can get your feet lower if it works. Okay. Next question in the chat is, is it okay to do cardio in the morning and weights in the evening? Should I get my heart rate up before doing weights? Phenomenal question. Again, common question that people ask is asked by Brenda. I believe personally the best time to do cardio, although I don't do it then, I believe the best time to do cardio is in the morning, waking up fasted, personally. I believe the second best time to do cardio is after your workout. And I believe the third best time to do cardio is like whenever the hell you can do cardio. Does that make sense? <laughs> when it comes to getting your heart rate up before doing weights, the answer to this is yes. However, you should have your heart rate elevated and your body temperature elevated before lifting weights, but not through cardio. What I do, what I do for my weightlifting warm up is um, mobility exercises, controlled movement exercises, movements that get me moving well, my ball and socket joints, my shoulders, my hips, my spine becomes stable, my heart rate elevates, my body temperature comes up a little bit. I actually wear, and those who've seen me at Good Life see me in it all the time, I wear my Tom the Trainer training tarp in my warm-up, so my body temp comes up, but you don't want your heart rate to be too elevated before working. You do not want cardiovascular ability to be the rate limiter 
or the limiting factor to being able to lift the heavyweights. Okay. So that makes sense. Everybody say it makes sense in the chat. Let me just check on these chats. If I knew what I was doing. I'll go back to the chat another time. Does that make sense? Everybody on IG makes sense. Send me a thumbs up. Uh, cardio or weights first was asked by Alina. And I think I covered this essentially. It's everything's and it depends answer. Um, if your goal is to be a marathon runner, then your priority, because there's something called the law of specificity, right? The law of specificity is specifically training for a desired outcome. That's like a loose explanation of it. Okay. So if your goal is to, for example, be a, um, say your goal is to be a long distance cyclist. Well, don't smash your quads and then jump on the stationary bike because your goal is to go far on the stationary bike. So start off by going far on the stationary bike and then do a little bit of training afterwards. But for most people who are wanting to improve their physique, then weights first, warm-up exercise, right? Warm-up routine, weights, cardio, okay? My man Jay asked, are different rep ranges better or worse for building muscle? You hear a lot about the eight reps plus minus being the sweet spot. Is there any truth to that? Everybody, as a reminder, if you're not in Tom the Trainer's Tribe, I dropped the, the link to Tom the Trainer's Tribe in the Facebook Live on my personal profile in the comments. Go join it right now. Instagram, go check out the tribe in the link in my bio, Tom the Trainer's Tribe. Go join it. Welcome for everybody, as long as you're not a gym dick. We just want awesome people in there. Go join it right now because that's where these lives are going to be held moving forward. Okay. So again, are different rep ranges better or worse for building muscle? You hear a lot about the eight-ish rep range being the sweet spot. Is there any truth to that? Um, there is research stating that all rep ranges taken within close proximity of failure create uh, similar levels of hypertrophy through... How will I simplify this? Through actual tissue hypertrophy. Okay. I'm going to nerd out. I don't care. Whatever. If you're here, you learn something. There's myofibular hypertrophy, which is laying down new tissue. And there's sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, which is your muscle's ability to, to hold more carbs to be fuller and larger. Okay. For myofibular actual tissue, Five reps all the way up to 30 reps have been shown to help with like um, myofibular muscle tissue hypertrophy. Now, this is an awesome question. Um, does your increase of, does your rate of in injury increase when you're lifting heavy, especially as a new lifter who doesn't know how to lift heavy? Yes. Does an injured lifter grow? No. Right? So there's that. Um, the 30 rep range sucks. <laughs> the, th 
the 20 rep range, sorry, clients, because we do them sometimes, um, is generally about as high as I would ever go. Now, we are going to grow some muscle in a 20 rep range, but my main goal of a 20 rep range is actually to improve my client's ability to recover from strenuous exercise and learn the movements at a weight that's light enough to learn it safely, okay? When you are going into excessively higher reps, it is very, very hard, especially on compound exercises like your squat, your bench, and your deadlift. It is very, very hard in a high rep range for your muscle to be the limiting factor to lift that weight. I'm sorry if you do 20 rep squats. Anybody go do 20 rep squats and tell me that they didn't gas out from cardio first, okay? So there's that factor. So the reason why the 8 to 12 to 15 rep range is generally generally blah, generally considered to be the best for building muscle it's because it's that kind of sweet spot in between the weight is light enough that it's not going to be a cardio issue right it's not so heavy that you're going to increase your risk of injury you're going to be able to take your working set to very close proximity of failure without cardiovascular demand being the issue and you're not going to get hurt so generally is a pretty good is a pretty good rep range for building muscle is that 8 to 12 to 15 okay if you're on instagram and you're watching this right now go check the link in my bio tom the trainer's tribe i'm signing off on instagram right now go check out tom the trainer's tribe that's where the rest of this live will be link is in the bio sorry to bail on you Okay, next question, 20 minutes in here. Um, best exercise by Dave for bigger arms? Um, it depends, right? Um, best exercises obviously are going to be, um, one second here. Best exercises are going to be bicep curls, tricep extensions, but like also, you know, it depends on the form on compound exercises, right? So I would say like, it's again, it depends on answer. Um, if you are um, only working towards building muscle as your primary goal, then I would say isolation exercises okay so isolation exercises um bicep curls tricep extensions i'm a big fan of single arm exercises okay i will give you a little more value than that because i think i'm really generalizing it but it's a very general answer if you want muscles to grow Fully contract them, okay? Full contraction, this is not the full contraction of a bicep. Full contracted bicep, you have to consider the role and the function and the muscles that work together to stabilize the shoulder joint. Fully contracted bicep, you have to protract the shoulder and elevate the elbow. If you do that, if you're here and you come forward, you flex, you flex as hard as you can, 
elevate the elbow, tell me your bicep doesn't cramp. So you should fully contract muscles that will also build the bicep peak. You should kick the muscles ass. Okay. You should take that muscle to failure and beyond. If you're taking a muscle to failure and beyond, then you should um, probably be working on a machine. Okay. Um, for most body parts, arms are pretty safe to take to failure and beyond on pretty well anything you do. And then um, fully lengthen the muscle. Okay. Fully lengthen the muscle. And again, this is where most people bail on things. They starting a bicep curl from a fully lengthened bicep, which is not just here. Let me make sure he's showing this to you properly. Starting a bicep curl from a fully lengthened bicep, which is not just here, it's shoulder back and down, chest up, rotate inward. That's a fully contracted, a fully lengthened bicep. Starting a movement in a fully lengthened muscle position is hard. The muscle's weak there. Challenge that position. Okay. All right. Uh, Taryn, we have a question about recommendations to stop stress eating. Again, I want to know, is this helpful for everybody? Please let me know if this is helpful. This is just new stuff. And I want to, if you found this helpful and you want to see more of this in the tribe, say more in the tribe in the chat so I can come back and make sure people are enjoying this. Okay. Uh, what are some recommendations to stop stress eating? So, um, I believe it is best to work with your tendencies. Okay. Um, it is hard. Like we do need to we need to need we do need to break habits, right? So one way to break a habit when you're stress eating is can you replace that habit with a different habit? So that's that's one way to go about it, okay? That's hard. The other way to go about it, which I'm a huge fan of, is finding very satiating foods, foods that keep you very full that are low calories and delicious. So training clients will attest to this. Berries, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. Uh, I eat pineapple every single day in my life. Um, I habitually will eat at nighttime, no matter how full or hungry I am. I habitually will eat at nighttime before bed. So I have a big bowl of a delicious snack that has a bunch of pineapple in it before I go to bed and I eat so much. It's only 200 calories. It's equated in my calories and I know I'm going to do it anyways. So I time my meals to include that and that's how I get through it. If you're at a point where you're just going to, you're just going to go off, lean into the foods that won't do as much damage. Okay. So Pineapple, watermelon, honeydew, cantaloupe, oranges, 
oranges are bomb. Oranges are like the highest on the food. Sati- so I, I suck at this word every time. Oranges keep you very satiated. Okay. I think it's safe. I, I butcher it. I can't even say it, but they keep you very satiated. Okay. Um, so oranges are key, right? It's like, ah, I'm going to eat a bunch of stuff. Like don't go get peanut butter and bread. That's the worst thing ever. I'm speaking from experience, get or like eat a couple oranges. Pineapple's delicious, you know, pineapple and oranges and honeydew and those kinds of things. Nobody ever stress ate, ate their way out of their goals from eating too many of those fruits. So I would say try to change the habit by replacing it for another habit or address the tendency and modify the selection of food to limit the damage. Okay. Okay. See how this is going here. We got another question in here is how do you safely train with rotator cuff problems? Uh, Steve and Jessica both like this question. Uh, I just want to make sure everybody's with me here in the chat. Everybody enjoying this, finding it to be useful. I'm only seeing a couple of things, a couple of usefuls in the chat. Uh, if you're not on Tom the Trainer's Tribe, go join Tom the Trainer's Tribe right now. I am actually disconnecting Facebook and the rest of the presentation is only going to be in Tom the Trainer's Tribe. If you're not in the tribe, go get in the tribe now. Okay. It's coming off my personal profile right now. Go join the tribe, everybody in Team Tom the Trainer. And if you are on YouTube, peace out, homies. Go join the tribe. Okay. Just the tribe members here. So... How do we train around rotator cuff injuries? Well, it's that's a tricky question uh, because I don't think we should train around a rotator cuff injury. Um, I think you can train. Hmm, I got to be careful with this. I can tell you what I would do. Okay. So. Um, if I injured my rotator cuff, this is what I would do. I would prioritize rotator cuff rehabilitation exercises in my routine. First and foremost, I would, that would be priority number one. Then am I able to start training again? So priority number one is the 
rehab until I can start training again. When I start training again, what I would do if it were me is I would limit the load on exercises that would aggravate that injury. And I would, pardon my French, I would double the fuck down on prehab rehab stuff. Beginning of my workouts in my warm-ups, I'm going to work on rotator cuff rehabilitation as a priority. And if I'm running short on time, I may spend more attention to my rotator cuff than the other areas that I would normally work on in warm-up. So I prioritize it at the end of my workout. If the injury would tolerate the demand, I would do some recovery stuff on it post-workout as well. When dealing with an injury, you have to understand that an injury is when your body... Tissue tolerance, the tolerance of the tissues involved in the industry can no longer bear the demand of the load that you've created, okay? So when you rehab an injury or when I rehab an injury, it's the same as progressing in fitness. I don't go at an injury with a sledgehammer. I tap it with a finishing hammer and I see how it response. Did it respond well? Then what I will do is I will maybe pull out the framing hammer the next time and give it a little bit more load and demand and volume. How did it respond? Ah, it did not like that. It did not dig it. Well, then I need to go back to (laughs) my analogies. I need to go back to the finishing hammer, right? And what you do is you increase load to increase tissue tolerance until it's recovered. And do not piss it off in the process. Okay. Now, some things for injuring like rotator cuff injuries. My rotator cuff literally started disappearing because of my neck injury. So for me, I used to often every single workout for months, I was doing stuff to work on my rotator cuff. I would put a yoga block. Um, I would put a yoga block in my under my armpit. And you can't see it in the video, but I would put a yoga block under my armpit. And then what I would do is I would take a cable and I would rotate my arm, keeping my tricep placed against the yoga block upwards towards my shoulder. Okay. Yeah. And I would rotate. Then I would also rotate in this direction where I'm pinned and I'm rotating outward. I would also do things where I was lying on the floor face down and I would take dumbbells and I would hold them in positions like if I were in like a, I would create like a W and I would lift the dumbbells and then I would reach out and I would try to reach around. And if I couldn't, I would drop down and I would work that range of motion. And then I would continue to do that until I was able to get full range of motion in all positions. I hope that was helpful. It's probably, pardon me if I get delayed in my speaking, 
I can speak in a manner of which that like I get, I speak in a way where I forget that the people I'm speaking to are not personal trainers. <laughs> so I want to make sure I describe that in a way where you understood it. Okay. Did that make sense? Did that, it was that understandable comment, understandable in the chat. Okay. Last question. Um, can you speak about weight progression, Paul? Yeah. So progression and training is about increasing demand over time. And you can increase demand over time by increasing load or the weight, right? And decreasing reps. So you can have a larger increase in load while decreasing reps as a form of progression. You can keep the reps the same and have a small increase in load as a form of progression. You can increase the distance or the range of motion that you're creating in the setup of an exercise as another way to increase, to, to create progression. Okay. I could literally do a 45 minute training on this alone. And as a matter of fact, clients have a training in the membership site about coming back from injuries and how to increase how to progress through uh, resistance, load, distance, stability, right? Um, so, and that was a 45-minute training. So to simplify it for you, and I hope this is helpful, progression should be considered um, in more aspects than weight because we won't always be able to progress through weight alone. And there are times where you need to decrease load and then re-increase. You should look at progression as not a linear path. Okay. If that were the case, I would be squatting 800 pounds by now. I hit a hard plateau at about 400 pounds squat. I never exceeded that. Part of the reason I never exceeded is because I loved lifting heavy and I never backed off. I never backed off and built back up. I just kept lifting heavy, lifting heavy, right? Now, you should have strategic increases and decreases in load or weight or reps or however you're progressing. Increases and decreases in intensity of training in specific intervals, okay? So, that was it, I believe. Let me see if there's any more questions. I don't see any more questions. Okay. Amazing. I hope everybody enjoyed this. For those of you who are in the tribe, um, thanks for offering the questions. I really enjoyed this training. I uh, hope that you all found it extremely useful. If you want help with your fitness goals, message me the word coaching and we can see if we can put you as part of the team. Uh, I want to bring the most value to the space. If you want one-on-one -on -one help with your fitness goals, you find this to be really useful and you want more of a one-on-one -on -one approach, just message me the word coaching. Either way, thanks so much for being in the tribe. 
Thanks for being engaged in the tribe. I'm really stoked about the way the tribe is going. It's literally grown by 100 members in the last week. And this tribe is already becoming an awesome community. So I want to say thanks to everybody in the tribe for that. And I hope that you are having an amazing day. Take care. So that episode was a lot of fun. I really hope that you found that Q&A to be helpful and that you learned a lot while listening. And if you haven't already, go grab the link in the description to join Tom the Trainer's tribe. That way you can take part in the Q&As yourself and get the answers you need. Thanks so much for listening. If you found today's episode valuable, please give me a five-star review and share it on your social media so I can have an even bigger impact. And if you want more information on how I can help you lose 15 to 52 pounds of body fat in 12 weeks, send me a message that says coaching to my Instagram at Tom the Trainer Fitness.